0: Settling is not an option for me. Everything I desire is already mine. What if you can have it all? (laughs) Because every day is for the girls. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of For the Girls. I'm your host, Victoria Alario. And today's episode was really different for us and a lot of fun as I interviewed Carolyn Moore, who in my opinion, was the front-runner leading lady of this season of Joe Millionaire, which was a dating show on Fox. And it's actually, it was the first season in today's age, but... Joe Millionaire was a super old show that they did a while ago, so it's technically not the first time that it came out, but this was the first season of the new rendition, super updated. If you guys have been following me for a while, you know I used to be a huge fan of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, and I would post about it and things like that, but I got over that show a few years ago, and so when this was coming out, I figured, let's give this show a try, let's see if something new can be entertaining and this show certainly was entertaining to say the least. And Carolyn stood out to me because yes, like I said, she was definitely considered the front runner in my opinion, but she just had an amazing energy about her and she really knew her worth and took no bullshit And she's an entrepreneur, so I had looked up her brand, I looked into it all, and it was really cool because she has something very special that she offers, and she is a single mom, and she's killing it in her business, and she's having a lot of fun dating, and she went on reality TV, so it was really, really, really nice to chat with her. And I just figured, why not give it a try, whatever, if she doesn't answer because this isn't exactly... A pop culture podcast I figure at least it doesn't hurt to ask right because she fits right in with the guests that I have here on for the girls so it was a lot of fun talking to her and like I said different because we do get into the behind the scenes of a reality tv show how she got on the show what it was like how it went down after so you guys are going to get to hear from Carolyn in both a professional and a personal way. And she just shares so much insight, especially about knowing your worth and taking no shit. But before we get into the episode, I wanted to share that I have been opening up consulting sessions. If you have not seen that I've been sharing this for the past couple of weeks, I'm really excited about this because consulting is something that I did a few months ago, a while ago, honestly, and then took a break from it because I just simply did not prioritize it enough to do it consistently. But now I am definitely taking this on much more full time. I have many areas of expertise, which you can see the whole list when you submit a form. So I will put the link to apply for consulting in the show notes. You could also find that link in my Instagram bio, probably on my Instagram stories. I post it every day. Um, as well as in my TikTok bio. And it's a lot of fun getting to work with you girls and help you all on a much deeper level. So many of you give me such amazing feedback just from listening to the podcast where I just talk so generally and broadly about like all these different topics. But there's nothing like getting to work with you all one on one specifically about your own situations and what you're going through so I've had an amazing past few weeks taking this back on and prior prioritizing it in my schedule and yeah so if there's anyone out there that I can help in any areas of my expertise please 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 feel free to submit an application because I will be more than happy to work with you and I really cannot wait to get to know more people in this community a whole lot better. Okay, everyone, I'm so excited for you all to meet today's guest, Carolyn Moore. I'm really excited about this one, because she's our first reality TV person, someone who came from being on a show, I watched Joe Millionaire that she was on, and she was my for sure favorite running gal. So welcome, Carolyn, introduce yourself.
1: Hi, I'm Carolyn. Um, Thank you for having me. And I'm really glad that we're finally getting on here. I know we've been trying to um, connect and stuff. But yeah, uh, I was on Joe Millionaire recently. Um, That was a wild ride, um, as you may know, since you were on the show before. Um, But I learned a lot about myself and I would definitely do it all over again. So
0: Wow. That's it. You might be the only person I've ever heard <laughs> say that. Then <laughs> you would do it all over again. I feel like every single time, including myself, that people will ask them, I'm like, would you ever do another show? Whatever. I was like, fuck no.
1: I think it's because um, I, I had done a lot of like self-development and healing beforehand. And I was completely true to myself the entire process. Um, mm-hmm. There was nothing I would have taken back or done differently. I think there was a lot of things that I got to put into, I guess, play from the practice I was doing beforehand with all my self-development, all my healing, um, you know, post-divorce and other things I was healing from that when it came to the end of the experience, I left there with my head held high because I was like, there's nothing I could have done differently. I was completely true to myself. And if that wasn't enough, then, you know, this wasn't for me. So.
0: No, that, that you really, you you nailed it. Like there's you can only be yourself, and then that's it. If it doesn't work out, it truly wasn't meant to be. And we'll get into all of that. But first, I want to hear about your brand because I think that's something that stood out to me when you were on the show. You know, it was clear that you have your own skincare brand. And then I checked it out and I thought that was really interesting because it seems like a one product type of situation, like a standalone brand. So tell me about your brand and how that all came to be.
1: Line and Loki. I started Lion and Loki right after I gave birth to my son and uh, Lion and Loki is actually named after my son, whose name is Lion. Um, his name is actually Lionel, but he goes by Lion and then my dog Loki. And it was like, Afterglow is the name of the product, my, my hero product right now. And the definition of Afterglow is like this wonderful feeling that happens after like, like it's a real experience. And I think that's what I felt after birth. It was just like this immense amount of love, both for my son and for my dog, um, with her being my first pet. But um, I started with this first product uh, initially for one uh, result, which was to avoid and prevent the appearance of stretch marks. Um, but as I got along my postpartum process before I launched my product, as I was using it postpartum, I decided that I wanted to be more expansive than just preventing the appearance of stretch marks. I wanted it to cover a lot of um, you know results and benefits because learning as I was becoming a mom, you have very little time to take care of yourself, but it's very, very important to do so. Um, So I started to really like understand the importance of self-care. So when I launched my product about three or four months postpartum, I launched it with, you know, the purpose of it being multi-use. So, you know, to replace your moisturizer, your eye serum and your night cream um, and, and leave it at a really easy three-step routine, which was to cleanse tone and to apply my, my oil my serum. So, you know, with using my serum, you're going to be able to, you know, prevent the appearance of stretch marks and scars. It's good for hyperpigmentation um, to even your skin tone. And it just gives you like an over, like an overall like glow. And that's pretty much where like my business started was just being able to share this gift of like, you know, I, I want the busy modern women to be focused on what they're doing, whether it's like they're a corporate woman. They're an artist. They are an entrepreneur. They're a mom. I want them to be focused on their craft, but I also want them to know that they can't pour from an empty cup. So they have to take care of themselves first. And this is why I provided such a simple, like three-step skincare routine. And that's kind of where it all started.
0: Wow. So it truly started from your own personal experience. Like this wasn't something that you always imagined, this specific product, at least like it was something that came to be where you're just like, this is something I could personally use. And if this could help me, I know it could help others. And so you were able to transition into that, which is amazing. So was this your first entrepreneurial experience or have you always been a business owner? Tell me about that.
1: This was my first entrepreneurial experience. Um, I've always like I, you know, I was in school and I, I wanted to do, like do graphic design at one point, and then I was going to do law and I stopped midway to travel and to really just like learn more about myself. And I've always had like, you know, I would say pretty cool jobs. Um, and I've always been a go-getter, but this was very much my very first uh, entrepreneur experience, experience. And I actually didn't finish business school. So I was thinking to myself, I can give and dedicate myself two more years to finish business school, or or I can just throw myself in there. And that's always pretty much been how I handled life is just, I'm hands-on learner. Like I to sit there and like study and I'm a horrible test taker and to, you know, I guess to subject myself to, you know, I'm smart, but when it comes to like tests and stuff, I'm to subject myself to like, I guess, failing you know, to lower my self-confidence and my self-esteem, why do that when I can learn as I go with building a business? And I know that's not like the, um, the traditional way of doing it, but I thought for me that worked best, you know, I invest my money in my business, invest my time in my business versus, you know, learning how to do it from a textbook or a professor. And um, I've, I've been able to meet so many people that I've been able to learn from. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much how that whole entire journey started.
0: Yeah, I just had this conversation with someone the other day where we were just talking about, I think it had to do with business and marketing and whatever. And I was saying, no offense to whoever's listening, I was saying like, it's actually quite bizarre that people- study business in 2022 reading out of a 2001 textbook when it's so outdated there's nothing about social media in these things like Mm -hmm. it's such we live in a different world like you have to literally just get out there i am very grateful for my college experience i studied pr which is totally different than doing business but when it comes to business doing things like this starting a podcast having a, a brand that I'm, it hasn't launched yet, but that I'm still reinvesting more and more and more and more and more into realizing that it takes over a year for your brand to actually come out. Mm-hmm. I'm like a textbook would have never taught me this shit. Right. I would have never learned this. And so just getting out there is the best thing, and it's funny because I was saying that to her as her daughter is about to go into college, and I'm like, "But no offense, because your money is totally putting <laughs> her in college. I'm like, I'm like, put her in school, do it." But like, that's just my take on it. But we were literally just having this conversation because there's nothing like real world experience. So that's great. Would you say? Because I know I could say for myself what partially my end goal was, but would you say that part of the reason why you went on Joe Millionaire was for like exposure and brand and things like that? I mean, that was definitely the
1: very appealing side to it, but it wasn't my full purpose because I didn't, you know, the exposure, obviously it's great, but I didn't need that type of exposure or that type of, um, attention to bring attention to my brand. I already have it going to where it's going. You know, I'm working on bringing on a partner and I have very good connections already before the show I have been dating post-divorce and it's been fun like dating is really fun and it's great I'm all about experiences and I think that's why I took that route with my entrepreneurial journey is I want it to be it to be an experience apart from the finding love on TV, is also the exposure. So why not, you know, try this avenue of dating if I've tried the other avenues and I'm single and, you know, it's kind of like going in blind. And um, I think my number one focus was actually just meeting where there was the, the people that I was with, like the girls but also like meeting a partner that you could kind of have something in common with. Like we both were on a show, we found love and then (laughs) cool. Like we get to talk about this for the rest of our lives, or at least for however long we're together, like we have that bond. So like that would have been an experience on it all on its own is leaving with a partner. But like I went on the show and I didn't expect to like feel that intensely that soon. I honestly, I was afraid that I was going to have to work to build a connection, which was, I was like, there's no way that's going to happen. So fingers crossed and it worked out for me in that sense where I didn't have to work for the connection I like I it it happened naturally so I would say my number one um reason to go on the show was wholly and solely for like the experience of it of you know a new dating avenue I guess and then obviously the exposure doesn't hurt I mean you know any any PR is good PR so
0: yeah yeah no that makes that makes sense and I actually really like that take you're like I'm not trying to be in competition with people I just want them to like me and that's it (laughs) like I don't I'm not trying to like go work hard for this and that's actually exactly what I saw of course we very briefly talked about editing before we started recording they could edit things however they want but you can't they cannot edit out an undeniable connection and I think it was legitimately episode one where it was like all about you like talk about main character energy like yes I am that bitch thank you very much (laughs) it was really between you and like one other person but you know really you but anyway that's neither here nor there we'll talk about that again in a second but I want to go back to I want to go back to your business just for one more second because you are is it like, do I classify you as a single mom because you're co-parenting with but that still makes you a single mom, right?
1: Yeah, I don't the whole single mom thing, I don't I honestly was thinking was thinking about this the other day. I guess I'm single and I'm a mom, so I'm a single mom, but I very much yeah. I don't, I don't know the exact, I'd have to look up the definition. Right. I when like- I think single mom, I think someone who is solely taking care of their son mm-hmm. by themselves with no help from the other parent. But I mean, I'm, I am single and I'm a mom. So I'm just, yeah, I am a single mom, I guess. Right. But okay. um, yeah, my son's dad is very much involved in his life. Um, they are best friends. Like he's very much as involved in my son's life as I am. So
0: for the most part, you are a single mom and you mm-hmm. are co-parenting with your son's dad your ex-husband but the reason why I bring this up is because I I coach people I mentor I consult people and I talk to thousands of girls over the years and women who are single moms and the reason why like more or less the excuse of why they don't go after the things that they want is because they are a single mom. They say, oh, well, because I'm a single mom, I can't do this, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I get the complete opposite from you where it's Mm -hmm. like your son is is your driving force. Like your son Mm -hmm. is your reason for the way that you work. Like you work super hard. Yes, because it's already in your spirit to begin with, but literally down to like naming your brand after your son, like everything, it feels like, you know, relates back to that. So what advice would you give to moms or- single moms, or really just anyone in general who's on their entrepreneurship journey, who has almost like the same sort of situation as you, where they have these reasons why they can't, but you see those reasons why you have to.
1: Um, I just, I don't take no for an answer. That's just how I like live my life. And where there's a will, there's a way. And I know there's a lot of things that happen, like whether you're a single mom or not, but like limiting limiting beliefs, like the, with the with the self worth that I've done, like my affirmations and like my healing and you know all this self development, like I just do not use the word I can't do. Like I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't think that way. I always think why, like why not? Why wouldn't I do that? In the sense, like I if I want something, I focus on that, and I whether it's manifesting, whether it's bringing into fruition, whether it's a law of attraction. If I want that, I make it happen. And it's because I solely focus on how I'm going to get there and everything else kind of falls into place. So if you're thinking about the why you can't do it, then you're going to start attracting, in my experience, more reasons to why you can't do it and how you can't do it. And then you start focusing solely on that. So then your goal or your or your you know end point, whatever it is, is completely out of sight at that point. So I guess my advice would be like, just keep focusing on what you want and everything else around that will start. You'll start, you'll be able to start figuring it out because you'll start getting ideas on how to figure it out because you're solely focused on what you want. And I understand, like I said, that there's things that happen in life, but you know, if someone else can have it, why can't you? And that's literally how I live my life. I'm like, if that person can have it and that person can live this way and that person can live that way, why can't I? And that, that's just pretty much my thought process. with everything and my overall thought process on, on everything, dating, business, um, life, leisure, pleasure, everything.
0: Right. One of my favorite quotes that I've heard, one of my favorite sayings that I've heard from a friend, which is just your, what you just said just triggered that memory was that he was like, the way you perceive blank, whatever it is determines the reality of, of blank. So like the way you perceive your business is the way is the reality that you have. So if you perceive it to be hard for you, oh, I can't, I can't. Well, then that's what's going to happen. And then when you fail, you're going to tell people, oh, it didn't work out because, you know, I have the kids and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, because you literally told yourself that, right. that, that that's how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so your perception Ultimately is your reality, even though perception doesn't necessarily have to be reality, it becomes your reality because you've already decided that this is too hard, or that you don't have the time, or whatever it might be. And like you said that your, um, your son's father is very much in his life, and you do have that helping hand, which I'm sure can alleviate, you know, the stress that someone has when they don't have that kind of help. But I'm also sure that you've gone through plenty of low periods where you still kept going anyway. And like, you just, you have to keep going because the minute that you stop and or quit, that's when you fail. Mm -hmm. I just, I well, not that I just, but I have a podcast episode out called failure as part of the process because winning like succeeding and failing literally the the only difference is that when you fail is because you stopped and when you win it's because you overcame a failure so like winners fail too I'm sure you have failed plenty of times along the way I'm sure that you've invested money that you didn't see back right away I'm sure that you've put time into something that you didn't go exactly how you wanted just like what I you know was just saying I um I'm launching a brand that is over a year in the works. I thought this was going to be done eight months ago. (laughs) So, you know, like even that could be considered a failure, but the moral of the story is that I'm going to keep going. I'm going to launch my product. I'm going to do all these things to make it a win. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But if I would have quit, if I would have given up by now, then it would be a failure. So, you know, that's all, that all makes total sense. You know, you just don't take no for an answer, you're not going to stop until you get the desired result, because otherwise, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And
1: I have you know. two two thoughts on that. So the first thought is even my relationship with my son's father, and the, the reason why he's so involved, had I focused solely on the downfall of our relationship, and on these negative feelings, and kind of let those manifest, then there would have been I can see where there's more um, conflict between parents. And then you start using the child against them. And it, you start, every one of your actions starts following those thoughts, right? Well, my thought was, there's absolutely no way that my son's not gonna have his dad in his life. Whether that means I have to put up with some stuff, which I did and you know, kind of lead the way, which is what happened. I led the way and he kind of saw like, okay, yeah, she's not gonna put up with any bullshit. Because for me, it was like, it's not about me at all. So whatever you're doing to me, I'm not going to take personally. We're just going to figure this out. So that was my main thought process with that relationship. I know there's, you know, other parents with other, I guess, ex-partners that aren't as, I guess, progressive or whatever in that way. But like, for me, that just was, there was just no way that I wasn't going to have that happen. And then the other thing you mentioned is your brand being like a year, I guess, in the making and you feeling like that, that could be considered a failure. Like, I was meant to launch a couple of products last year, and I've been in the rebrand process for about, sorry, the re- the designing of the rebrand process for about nine to 10 months now, where it was supposed to only be like a three month project. And, you know, one is because I'm a perfectionist, but also it's because the designs and stuff, it just didn't work out the way it was. But like, that's another thing that I could have, you know, sat and You know, wallowed in is like, oh wow, I promised my customers, uh, you know, a a launch of products last year. But I'm like, that's just my process, and if it it wasn't meant to happen last year, it wasn't meant to happen. And you know, I just finally got the final designs back, and I'm working to get all that finalized so I can send off to my manufacturers. And it's put my relaunch out a year, but I'm like there's a reason why it didn't happen last year. There's a reason why it's going to happen, whether it's this year at the end of the year or the beginning of next, it's because that's when it's going to be at its most, I guess, successful. And that that's where I shift my mind there. Mm-hmm.
0: Every single thing happens exactly as it was meant to. There's a reason why. And that's like the quote where they say you could be grinding for four years with no results and then your fifth year could be your best year yet. And like that could be, the reality of the situation, like we can have the most explosive launches mm-hmm. now that it took a little bit longer, which just right. simply means it took a little bit more TLC. You know, it just took a little bit more love and care, and mm-hmm. that—that's really it. You know, so for the for the girls listening, you know, I always tell you, like, you have to keep going let this be somebody else telling you in case you're sick of hearing it from me. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, definitely
1: keep going. Definitely keep going. That's like the, it's like everything with in business or in life. Like I've learned business for me, it's been great. It's just worked in my life. my The way I see life because you have, you can't be an entrepreneur and you can't like ignore self-development. Like you have to like constantly work on your self-development you have to become self-aware about certain things that are, Putting a hindrance in yourself because it's gonna be putting a hindrance in your business. So like I think business found me instead of me finding business or the other way around. Because I feel like that's like the best way I just go, I've been able to like become the person I am today. Obviously, also becoming a parent has made me like probably the best person I've ever been ever, because that also takes a lot of self-awareness if you're trying to raise a really good, you know, kid, which I am. And I just, yeah, I think with being a business owner, if you are a business owner and entrepreneur, you have to, um, you have to have your morning routine. You have to like be self-aware. You have to have that self-development. Like you can't ignore those things and then expect, you know, I guess your business to flourish in a way. If not, I feel like you lose yourself in the midst of the, of that rat race. Mm -hmm.
0: Like you said, you can't pour from an empty cup. So Mm -hmm. you gotta, you gotta focus on you. I have to ask before we transition over to some Joe millionaire stuff, I have to ask, is your son as like persistent as you? Like, does he not take no for an answer?
1: Uh-huh. I very much harbor that. Like, I like very much like empower him to do that. So w- we do something called Montessori. It's like a way of education or like life. Like we do it at home, but he's also in a bilingual Montessori school. And it just very much much like, it just encourages like um, independence and self-resilience. And uh, you'd have to Google... Well, Montessori is, mm-hmm. like, obviously I wouldn't be able to explain it as well, but like, he's very much has a voice. Like if he doesn't want something, he makes it clear, but obviously in a very respectful way. Um, and I never, like, if he tells me something like mom, I really don't want that. I never go, well, you're going to have it. I go, okay, you don't want that. That's fine. Why don't you want it? And if he's like, okay, it's because of this. and like, okay, that's like, I just very much like have conversations with him on the daily as if he's an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, definitely push for that, like, independence, and then that self resilience. So yeah, he, do- he doesn't take, he figures it out. That's, that's pretty much how it is. He figures it out. That's, that's how I want to raise him.
0: That's the best that is, the, I had to ask, because hearing like how strong you are in it, I'm like, all right, her son is either exactly like her, or <laughs> not at all. Yes. <laughs> now let's talk about Joe Millionaire. First, how did you end up on the show? Because Similar to when I was on X on the Beach, it was season one, so this wasn't something that I actively found because I—it's not like I even watched this show prior. They reached out to me, so I don't know if that's the same case with Joe Millionaire because there, this was this was the first season, right?
1: Yeah. So I, they reached out to me on Instagram on my DM, and it was like January of 2021, and I thought it was a. Sp- spam or scam or whatever but what's really funny is I don't think I've mentioned this on any other podcast just because it hasn't come up but like my friends so January 2021 is when they reach out to me but my friends and I were drinking on an afternoon in June in 2020 and they were like we should um this was after like six months after my divorce they were like we should uh, nominate you for The Bachelor and I was like okay cool what is like what's the scope of it I at this point never watched the Bachelor at all, not one episode. And they explained it to me. I'm like, yeah, whatever, why not? And it was like two or three days later, they ended up um, reaching out. I was very close to going on. Um, I think It was Matt season of The Bachelor. Didn't work out, wasn't meant to be. Um, but I, I don't know whether I was in some kind of like database or what, but they reached out to me in January. So at that point I had told them, um, you know, I'm, they were considering me for the next season so i was like i'm gonna wait on the bachelor you know we'll see what's gonna happen with that and they were like this is gonna be better than <laughs> it's gonna be better than the bachelor and i was like okay well i waited four months basically and i got back to them around april of 2021 um after i got out of this uh, situation that i was in and i was like you know are you guys still casting and they were like yeah we are they're like can we get you on a call tomorrow please and i was like yeah sure um and then from there on, the process went on, but I didn't find out until s- like four or five days before um, I went off to start my quarantine that I was on the show. They were, they were waiting, they were debating between a couple of guys um, for the second position. And one of them apparently was more, um, was more compatible with me and the other one wasn't. So whichever one they chose was going to determine whether they were going to choose me or not. So that's why, yeah, that's why when I, <laughs> That's why when I met him. That is
0: the most interesting thing I've ever heard.
1: Yeah. So they they already had Steven set. They already had him because he was the millionaire, right? They had two guys that were debating for the second position. And then if they chose one guy that I wasn't compatible with, then obviously I wasn't going to be chosen. But the other guy that I was compatible with was chosen. Very, very interesting
0: Wait now, you saying that you were more compatible with one guy? Was that the guy that you?
1: So base, yeah. So basically, they had they had me build my guy from from, but I don't know what it was. Head to toe, that's what it was. Head to toe, and I built this physical appearance, and then I built um what kind of like stuff they'd be into, and blah blah blah. blah. It's funny because they the stuff that I was into, like the music and stuff, was more like Steven, but like the physical was completely him. So when I saw him, like I almost like. I almost like laughed out loud. I was like, these mother!" I was like, they knew exactly what they were doing. Like, yeah, it was really, it was hilarious. Like, I, that's why I was just like, okay, this is a joke. And then when it was like, he was like with me and him, like, I don't know if he like built his girlfriend because it was like, we both looked at each other. Like, uh, like what's happening? That's
0: interesting. <laughs> like they were waiting to debate it on like you almost like, Steven they were like giving all the girls but then the other guy they were like setting up to be like for you specifically
1: I don't know what I'm allowed to say by contract but that's what that's (laughs) well
0: honestly if I'm being honest with
1: you I think that like my energy and my like yeah you said it my drive or whatever like it was the fact that we had that initial connection but it was also like is this a joke like this is exactly who I and I even showed him a picture of someone that looked like i am so dead. oh like a, it was not a celebrity it was like an artist or something um yeah it's really i'll have to show you the, the picture of the artist it's fucking, it's really that funny. is mm-hmm. that
0: is so interesting wow that is very interesting so okay yeah. good to know wow they they knew what they were doing oh they're
1: girl. they're very good at their job
0: <laughs> they knew what they were doing with you mm-hmm. so So that's exactly it. You guys were literally like magnets from episode one, day one. We all saw it. There was no denying it. So me as a viewer watching from that all the way through, I felt blindsided. So I remember I remember my me, my mother and my grandmother, because I I know you didn't watch The Bachelor at that time. But did you ever watch The Bachelor now?
1: So, yeah. So I watched it before I went on the show. I watched uh three or four seasons because I want like research.
0: So we like grew up watching the bachelor. We have given up on it over the years. You made the right choice going on a different show. Cause we felt like it was a breath of fresh air. Cause we stopped watching the bachelor years ago, but we grew up like watching it. And it was always like who steps out of the limo first. So like, that was like a big like indication. I don't remember exactly how it went on. Like, I, I don't remember because there was like the four of you and it just kept like bouncing around. But we are all about like, whose foot is going to come out of the limo first. Mm-hmm. And then I just, I can't remember at what timing you came out, but I do remember us, the three of us, our jaw was like, oh, <gasps> <laughs> There's no motherfucking way. Like We were like, there's <laughs> actually no way. Like we were, <laughs> my grandmother's like, all right, get the blonde girl off the screen. Not you, blonde. I know you're blonde, but the other blonde girl, she's like, all right, let's go. Let's just like get to the point. We all were like, uh, ah. like we
1: <laughs> This hype right now is making me laugh. Yeah, like, I love we, it.
0: We were so, like moral of the story is, We need, I need to know if you were as blindsided as we were. Like, did you think that this was going to happen or did you kind of see it coming?
1: I mean, yeah. So when it happened, I was like, okay, am I done? It was more like, am I I done here? Like, I've done, I've done, I've, I've done my due diligence. Like, I put up with enough bullshit. Like, I'm ready to go kind of thing. So it was like, I, I like when he said it, I was trying so hard not to laugh. I mean, we, we all watched the show. Like, the connections were completely different. So it's like, you chose someone. Because that would be more of like a twist than just going with, you know what I mean? Like your heart. So in that aspect, I was shocked because I was just like, really? Like all this time was wasted. Like I could have gone home to my son. But like after the fact, I was like, it made sense. So yeah, I essentially I was in shock, but it made sense. It's that makes almost sense. like
0: he was choosing... From a logistic route rather than from his heart. Because like you're saying, like, yeah, down the line, you realized it makes sense. But Mm -hmm. you literally realized that weeks, months later after like a full analysis, like he made that decision in a matter of like, what, 24 to 48 hours. Like it was almost as if he was instantly like, okay, logistically, X, Y, Z, this all makes sense. Mm -hmm. Even though like, I like this one more or whatever. I don't even know who liked who more, but at least for me as a viewer watching it, There was for sure a connection with both, but there was a romantic connection with one and a platonic connection with the other. Like, just for me, because I'm single and I date all different guys and I have great connections with guys, but that you know, you you can always remain good friends. And like, there's really never going to be anything like too romantic. And that's what I saw with the other pair. Like, they're always like laughing. And I think he may have found her as with absolutely no disrespect to her. She could be a wonderful Mm -hmm. person. But I think that he saw her almost as like the safer option. It was easier. And I don't mean easy anyone in the sense of like, oh, she's an easy girl. It was just easier for a guy who's simple and doesn't want to figure out life with you. Like that's, there's a lot to figure out with you because you were so firm and like, you're like, well, this is my life. Like I have my ex in the picture in no other way other than the fact that, like, I have, we have a child, you know, like, and you could just see that it was like things that weren't going to come easy to him. It was just like, this is a lot to handle, which I'm, I'm so glad you
1: watched before us getting on this call, because like to have to explain this to you is harder. But like the fact that you watch it from a viewer's perspective, like and you got that much even through all of the cuts and edits and stuff. Like, it just is, I'm just sitting back and listening, like, nodding my head because I'm like, yep, mm-hmm, yep, yep.
0: You could just tell, and I was a viewer who actually really thoroughly enjoyed the show. So, like, I I get invested into things when I care, like, when I get right. connect with it. Because if I didn't like the show, I would have given up in two episodes. Mm-hmm. But I went all the way through because I'm like, I'm going to watch this, like, fairy tale unfold.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I think for me, like, it just was becoming very adamant that he was not a complex individual he was a much simpler individual than you with saying that in the nicest way possible like you are you have more layers to you from what I can see and I think that it really um intimidated him anyway okay so I get it so you were you were shocked but it all ultimately made sense and I'm assuming like that was was that the end of it for you guys or was there ever anything after
1: yeah yeah there was I mean as predicted he definitely reached out to me after they broke up and we definitely spoke after and I think that it all worked out how it was supposed to work out um when people refer to the show they're like oh did you win or did you not and I'm like there's no winning with this it's like you leave with someone if you're compatible with them or not compatible with so basically it worked it wasn't going to happen like it wasn't going to work out after and it played out exactly how it was supposed to he did me a favor by not choosing me like you said it was just he's wanted something completely different He wanted something very simple easy surface level and I'm very I live life and like my main focus is like to have fun with the person I'm dating with the people in my life but like there has to be more to that and we talked afterwards and it just wasn't there was no there was no more to that and that's where I leave it at that and I, I, I kind of had to cut ties at that point
0: that's interesting I, you know seeing it I think I think also like seeing it in real life versus like seeing it like in a moment where like emotions are heightened and now like you're seeing it from a place of like, you know, you're like mm, this, you're, this when you're
1: when you're filming, you're in a bubble which, you know, kind of helps the whole, you know, you're falling in love thing, but when you are out, you're like talking to your friends about it and you're thinking about it and there's no like sitting in an interview and like, you know what I mean? I wish him the best. I don't know what his intentions were coming on the show, but like whatever happened happened and it's just a very different situation. I think that that's something that we both have an understanding is like the whole experience. We know what it was inside and out. How
0: did that breakup make you feel though in the moment? Like were you, we'll talk about in a second about how strong you were, but like, would you say that you just instantly, cause like you said, you said to him, like, can I go Like You know, you showed that you were just over it, but were you like sad? Like, how did you feel about that?
1: I think I was more angry. Then I was sad. I wasn't sad because I'm like, I've been there, done that. I've been through a divorce. Like I've had to leave someone that I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with because it wasn't serving me or my son. It just wasn't a healthy relationship at all. So it wasn't like the sad part. It was just more of a like confusion and shock and anger. And if you've you've known my story from the very beginning, like literally from our first conversation, you knew my story where I came from, and what I've been through in a sense, what I come with. And it took you this long to make that decision. And he could have done me the favor of sending me home to my son. And I think that's what it was for me in that moment. It was just more like, I know my worth. I am who I am. This is my story. This is my life. And I wish we would have been able to kind of delve into more conversation away from cameras. But if you can't see my worth for what I am, then like, it was nice meeting you. Like, I wish you the best of luck and peace. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty much what it was.
0: You know, I, I didn't even watch the show back. I've only watched it one time and I can still remember the scene. Like, I remember you getting in the car and saying like, if he was that insecure the whole time, then like, it would, this wasn't meant to be so. How, how did you, did you always have that mindset with guys or was this after doing some, like a lot of the inner work, like you talked about?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think by, by this point I had done so much inner work. Like I had, you know, I've been, I've, I've dated before and then I have had to like, and things with guys and I've been very straightforward. I've been lucky that because I've done my self-development work, I haven't done any of the ghosting or any of that. Like I'm able to tell guys straight up, like it's not going to work because of this. And it was, I'm hoping we can still remain friends. Um, so I'm just very, like, I'm just like sure of myself. I know what I bring to the table. I know who I am. I know how great of a person I am, how great of a friend, how great of a mother that I'm like, if that didn't show through, then fair enough. Like, this is kind of where I leave off. I'm like, this, it it wasn't enough because you were that, I guess, Mm -hmm. unsure and secure. That's on you. That's not on me. So like, I'm done here. And that's pretty much where that comes from.
0: Yeah, I love that. I always say, like, I only want what wants me. I don't like guys who don't like me back. Anything that doesn't want me, I don't want either. I don't even consider it as rejection. I'm just like, oh, okay, right, so then this is it, not
1: exactly. It's not, it wasn't even like a rejection. It was more of like a um,
0: validation from the. Yeah, universe. like it's it was like, just oh, like you. <laughs>
1: right. Exactly, exactly. So
0: yeah, okay. So to wrap this up, because you know, you have such a great mindset when it comes to personal and professional. Now tell me what advice would you have for girls or women who also felt like, you know, this would have been it like, you know, you went through a divorce and you also met someone else. That's great. So it's like you felt like this is going to be the relationship. This is going to be it. And then it doesn't work out. A lot of girls really don't recover from that. So what kind of advice would you be able to give on that?
1: again, my mentality might be kind of unicorn on this. Like I'm just a hopeless romantic. So like for me, it's like, I just, I never will. And I never have given up on love. Like there's somebody for, there's someone for somebody out there, like for anyone pretty much. And for me, it's like, that's every relationship or any dating situation or whatever. I see it as a lesson. So I'm like, what did I learn about myself from dating that person? And, and For me, it's like every lesson that I learned from that failed relationship or that, you know, whatever, I see it as like, it's just getting me closer to refining myself to be able to attract that person who is for me. Um, Again, that's a, that's a shift in mindset. I don't see it as like, oh my God, that didn't work out. So I'm never going to find love. It's more of like, that didn't work out. What did I learn from that? And how is that going to make me a better person for the person that I meant to be with? And that's just pretty much how I see it. I'm like, you know, I... Did love my ex-husband, obviously, but it, he just wasn't the one for me. Like He just very clearly wasn't. And there was a lot of healing that I needed to do to see that. Um, and when I finally saw it, I, I made the decision I needed to make. And I think a lot of my self-assurance and like confidence comes from me having to take that big of a step and make that big of a decision. And people don't really see that. It's like, oh, yeah, it's a failed relationship or a failed marriage. But for me, I see it as how much and how much strength it took for me to have to walk away. And I see it as like, that's like such a big feat for me because I'm like, I in within that marriage and you know, the age I was, I wasn't, I was like broken in a sense. So for me to make that decision, it was like the start of like my healing and like getting put back together and being the person who I am meant to be today. I'm more me today than I've ever been. And That's because of decisions and, you know, the decisions I've made.
0: Yeah, so good. So, so, so good. It's so true because, you know, I think that a lot of people, you kind of, you kind of hit the nail on the head when, when you're saying like, every time that it doesn't work out with someone, you're, you become more of you. Whereas I think so many people, every time it doesn't work out with someone, they become less of themselves because they feel less about themselves. They think less about themselves. Like, when is it going to be my turn? How come no guy is the guy for me? Whatever the case is, you know, I've been single through pretty much most of my adulthood. I've dated a lot of guys. I've met a lot of guys, but all pretty much short-term relationships, nothing too serious. And every single different relationship I go through, like, It's just like, okay, well, this is something I know I'll never accept again. This is something that, you know, I almost, am like, I can't believe that I didn't see that the first time around Mm -hmm. now I know. So every time that you experience a relationship or meet someone that shows you something that doesn't necessarily feel good, it's more or less just showing you what you don't want. And that's Mm -hmm. still a lesson. Right. So it has nothing to do with you and it has everything to do with it just not being meant to be which I think is the most important thing. So tell everybody where they can find you, your brand, how can they shop line and low key and yeah, just share all your socials.
1: So all of my socials is Carol as Steph. So it's C-A-R-O-E-S-T-E-P-H. And it's actually my first name and my middle name cut short. So Carolyn is Stephanie, Carol Estef. Steph. Um, my Instagram is more of like my lifestyle, like my just my my life, my my trips, everything here and there. TikTok is more of like the funny side of me. My website for my skincare is lionandloki.com. Lion and L-O-K-I.com.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. This was so much fun.
1: This was so much fun. Thank you for having me.